demons okay. are. Okay, there we go. All right, so back at it with the Matura Tour podcast after so long off, finally getting back into a little bit of a swing, but we're working on some business. So hopefully we'll have the uh, the big reveal in uh, about w- the week of Christmas is hopefully when we'll when we'll fully be announcing it. We'll announce it on here and then see it a lot on Facebook and Instagram, hopefully. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, the future of metal and a lot of different things that are happening and changing with the metal scene, um, which is kind of important because a lot of tours are being announced again. Um, and after the pandemic, seeing all the things that came out of that from the artists because they had that time off. Um, mm-hmm. And the the one big thing that I see a lot is collaborations that was the perfect opportunity for bands because they all had free time that they started reaching out to each other like hey how about we do you know like let's do something together um papa roach did just uh at the beginning of the month first of the month revealed um a track called swerve which the the very beginning of it has from that TikTok sound of um, the 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 two guys yelling at each other, yeah, like, "What's yeah. your name?" and it's it's it, it like the only part that they included in there was the "fuck you, Tony," and then goes into the song, and it's got um, Jason Aolin from Fever Three 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 and Swaco. I have no clue who that is. <laughs> it sounds like Corpse. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him from like YouTube. He's got like a very deep voice that he's. Yeah, in. wait, I have heard him. He's, he's he's very interesting. Well, Swaco sounds just like him because the the part that he does, I kept thinking, I'm like, is this just corpse with a different name or is this an actual different person like, altogether? Like I have no clue because nobody has seen corpse's face. So nobody knows what he looks like. No, but he, no, but he gets into like chats and stuff. Right. And, 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 and then, and then if there's like, He's like people been, that are squeamish, they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> like there was one dude that was like, I'm scared. He's becoming very big for, um, gaming for his gameplay, but he does mm-hmm. also do music. Now he does more like rap style music, um, which is completely different, but it, it, with the swerve, because of how Papa Roach is all different kinds of music, it fits. And that's like, so there's so many different cross genres, especially in metal, that have expanded unbelievably. And there's so many, like compared to other genres, any other genre that adds metal to it automatically becomes metal. Whereas metal already is established and it's bringing in these other elements and completely changing up the game, but it's still keeping that metal essence to it. Mm -hmm. And you can't get that with other genres like electronic can't. I have yet to see anybody mix it with country. Now, there may be country electronic music artists that I'm not aware of yet, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I, I don't. That's one that I'm not seeing quite yet. Um, as opposed to there's now like country rock. Well, I pointed out in one of our episodes, Corey Marks, um, is becoming, he, he's becoming an, he's an up and coming artist now. And he is primarily the focal point in rock, even though he's a country artist, like he's a country rock artist. He did, uh, he redid his song, blame it on the double with, I think Jason Hook from the he former former guitarist for Five Ring and Death Punch, and he also did it with he did that song with I don't know who the hell the uh, the singer of um, Theory of a Dead Man. Mm-hmm. So it's those two for blaming on the double. His first song that was released as a single that I like I never knew who this guy was until I heard this single was. Um, Outlaws and Outsiders featuring Travis Tritt, uh, Mick Mars, and or no, Mick Thompson. I'm trying to think of who the hell is it, Mick Thompson or Mick Mars? Also, 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 Whoever, the guitarist for um, uh, Motley Crue, who's the guitarist for oh. Motley Crue. So he did, so he did a track with uh, it was Ivan Moody, Travis Tritt. 
and this is going to drive me nuts. What the heck is his name? Mick. It's, I think it's Mick Thompson. No, Mick Mars. It is Mick Mars. Okay. Mick Thompson is the guitarist for Slipknot. Mick Mars is these, uh, was the guitarist for Motley Crue. That's the, that's the difference. Um, I imagine that those two would get mixed up a lot. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, so that, you know, these, these unbelievable collaborations and it's expanding again, it's expanding the, the world of heavy metal. And I, you know, I want to know where, what can, what else can get into metal? Just to let you know, after this, I did find some examples of country electronic or electronic country. So we can try that out. <laughs> We're going to have to. We're definitely going to have to because Country rap, country rap, when it it's, first came out, was the weirdest thing. It and still is. It's it's it, but it's growing. It is growing at least. Um, that's that's when I'm surprised it's actually growing bigger. Um, what other genres are there? There's indie, there, but indie rock. I mean, it, you you got to think of what what bands you would not see together on a tour that are starting to become bands that you would see together on a tour there's that there's like you that know. emo metal rap coming out a lot a lot a lot oh yeah i mean there's uh, I, that's probably what i would quick categorize corpse as is that like mm. emo like rock um rap kind of thing because he's got like a darker tone to him it's like that or like ghost man or whatever it is Go, yeah ghost man absolutely he's definitely one of them and that's yeah that's a weird genre of its own it, it, like, it, it's it's I, good i still though. can't figure out what genre that is like I know that they have a description for it, but it's like, that's like, I don't know. People are probably going to put on their own, like inferences of it. Like they're going to like, there's going to be the group of people that just call it like the, the mutts, you know what I mean? But yeah. then there's other people that are going to like go into like the specific names and all that. So that all depends on what your preference is. Well, so it, it says here, ghost main is an American rapper, singer, and songwriter. Uh, primarily emerging elements of heavy metal, hip hop, and industrial music. It's like, eh, okay, yeah, that's kind of it, but at the same time, not. It's very weird. But there's that's a new that was a new direction. Um, another one that was uh, an interesting new direction was Bone Crew when they came out. Um, that's Chris Franzak's uh, side project. Oh, okay. And that's classified as trap metal in which it's very like it's got very heavy guitars and like it's death metal music fused with rap music and with some like electronic way rap underdog. or trap. Cuz no like they they consider it they call it trap metal. Mm-hmm. Is what it is, and I think it's because it's a mix of of rap and metal in a different way. Oh come on, you can't you can't do that to me. First there's traps, then there's trap music, and now there's trap metal, which is a different, which isn't just trap and metal. It's like a different mix than just being trap and metal. Yeah. So why why you gotta do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's that's what makes it so confusing, but at the same time expands it more. Um, and yeah, the, if you, if you Google trap metal, it doesn't bring up anything. It brings up rap metal, um, and talks about that, which gives you like Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Lincoln Bark and Corn. Um, but isn't electronic rap just tech, just trap anyway? Basically. I, I see. I don't know. It's, it's so confusing. It goes in so many different directions. Okay, here's they do have trap metal, also known as ragecore, death rap, industrial trap, and scream rap. <laughs> okay, is a fusion genre that combines elements of trap music and heavy metal, as well as elements of other genres like industrial and new metal. Um, oh, the band Bones. Oh, this is different. Bones rapper as opposed to Bones UK, which is, uh, they, they do like elect, they kind of do this as well, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's starting to become very different. It goes in all kinds of different directions and I like it. I think it's good for metal because it expands to new audiences. So everybody can have like literally Metal is becoming the one genre where 
depending on no matter what kind of music you like to listen to, you'll probably find a metal song that you like in some way, shape or form with this now existing. Um, cause this actually says, uh, associated, uh, acts include dropout Kings bone crew, which I said, ghost main Zillikami, fever three, 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 uh, city more kid, kid bookie, Kim Dracula, which they did a, um, an interesting cover that of oh, what's the song that they do? Paparazzi. That's what they're known for. For the uh, you hear it a lot on TikTok as this like very like grungy throaty version of Paparazzi. That um, oh okay yeah that a lot of people a lot of people love using it. So that's what they're becoming known for. Um. Here's the thing, though. If it makes it on TikTok, it's going to get popular just because everyone's going to hear it a lot. And that's Jarris Johnson did a cover of uh, Last Resort from Papa Roach. Mm -hmm. Papa Roach loved it so much. They like did a music video with him. So they actually got him like brought him out with them. They did a music video with him. It's his song because when you hear his version of it, it's completely different from Last Resort. The only thing that's the same is the chorus. They use Jacoby's vocals for the chorus of Last Resort, but the the verses are completely different, and it's a shorter song. And they were talking about on Octane that more and more people are now finding out about Papa Roach because of it. So, again, people who don't normally listen to rock and metal music are now being exposed to it in a much different way. Bring me the horizon exploded because of TikTok because somebody took so there's some anime scene where somebody jumps off of a building and they used uh Bring Me the Horizons Can You Feel My Heart as like the the like tone to set the you know set the tone for the video of like how dramatic this is. As well as there was a trend of using that song with um, putting off spraying using hairspray to spray a heart on a mirror and lighting it up and turning the lights off. So it like glows. Oh, okay. And that was that I saw that primarily with, can you feel my heart? And if you look at Spotify, it's their number one song on Spotify and it's because of TikTok. Everybody's looking at it there and they're finding out about stuff. So this is helping the future of metal grow in that so many more people are being exposed to the metal genre. So many people are finding out like, again, there are so many sub genres of metal that anything you can, if you, if you love rap, you'll find a rap metal band that you'll love. If you love country, you'll find a country rock artist that you'll love. If you love electronic, you'll find electronic, you know, all these different ones now with baby metal and the rise of Kwai metal as the thing that like, there's so many, you know, uh, fusing J pop with metal. Like it, it, there, there's no limits and it's becoming the most glorious genre that could ever exist because of how dynamic it is. Did you see that people were saying K-pop instead of okay, boomer now, <laughs> just because <laughs> God is so sad. I'm just, I'm sorry. I got my mind stuck on the fact that probably the, like at least 50 people got their bathrooms burned down for a TikTok. And that's possible. That is possible. <laughs> I keep thinking about that. I'm like, is there warnings on these things? They're like, please don't yeah. burn down their house. Uh, it, I mean, the internet has created so many issues. The internet has created trends that have caused literal deaths between people eating Tide Pods and people having bad reactions to the cinnamon challenge. Listen, oh, <laughs> I'm <All saying>. right. <laughs> who did that? I, I want to know one person in my actual life that did that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but, like, here's the thing, but no one's going to go around and just be like, dang, my son ate a Tide Pod. Because then they're like, wow, you either that kid's messed up or you didn't raise him right. But as but as stupid as the internet can get, it is helping a lot. Um, and, and that was something I wanted to talk about a lot. It was the internet helping bands. You know, how much does it actually help bands expand? Um, I find it funny there was one thing that somebody had shared. It's funny to see the younger generation people, you know, that are under the age of 20 finding out about things that existed 20 years ago, 
like literally just before they were born is when it existed and then disappeared. And one of them was, um, what was it? Twitter. I think they suggested that Twitter, when you get to the, to your Twitter page, it should pop up. Like you can set a song as your song to play whenever you get to the page. And Somebody commented, it's like, oh my God, these kids are so young. They have no clue about MySpace and how that was like the thing that you did with those. Yeah, but is that like a thing that you need it for? Is that like a thing that's like, it's like, I understand like, oh, okay. Like you, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. But is that really a thing that like, you just don't want to like, like people should know about, you know, and all the things of history. Is that something that we really need but, to worry about? Yeah. Well, but I, like I've seen, I see so many different trends of like people finding new things. Um, I know there's one that was like a girl who found us, who found a skirt that has shorts underneath of it. And there's, there's a guy right after who's like, Oh my God, you have no clue about skorts. What the hell? Like, it's like, yeah, all of these things existed at one point or another and just died out because the trends weren't that great. And you're bringing it back. And you wanted way. them, pre- you wanted them like cut out of your memory and you're surprised <laughs> that someone else has no idea what it is. Yeah. Like you didn't want to remember it. Why are you like worried to like, or like surprised that someone else is finding it? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, Oh, you didn't know about this. Like you didn't want to tell me about this. Right. You know, we try to push so many things away. We try to forget about things. Everybody tries to forget about MySpace. MySpace still exists, though. That's the weirdest thing. And a lot of bands still use it. That's still like their form of communicating. There's no one on there. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I don't think there's anybody who actually uses MySpace at all. But and, and again, the younger generation probably has no clue what the hell that is. If you say like, oh, yeah, go check out my MySpace. It's like. Is that like a TikTok page or is that a Twitter page or your Instagram page? Here's it's my like, thing. Here's no. my thing. Here's my <laughs> thing. Here's my thing is that is that younger people like like even younger than me and I'm only like 24 have like five, six different social media accounts that they're monitoring. I remember whenever like like it was like me just in high school it was like you needed one or two at the most and I think I have like three to four now and two of them I don't even check. Like okay, I go on my Twitter whenever like. I don't know. I see something posted. Other than that, I leave that crap alone. And it's like, (laughs) honestly, once, um, once I started an Instagram page, I completely forgot about Facebook. I haven't posted on Facebook since April. Um, so that's what four or five months gone of like, I don't care about that anymore. And I'm honestly getting away from it. So like, and I'm almost 30 and I feel like that's just showing that I'm definitely getting older when I could care less about social media. Now, our business is going to be primarily social media um, going forward. We have businesses. You still like, like you keep your contacts through there, honestly. And that's, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Facebook has going through advertising on Facebook and pushing some of these episodes. I came to discover, you know, there's over a hundred million people in the U S alone that you can advertise to. I think about that, how many uh, in other countries you could be doing that with, if you pushed it into other countries. So that's what the importance of using the internet for bands um, and why they've tried to do that. And I feel like that's why SoundCloud became such a big thing mm-hmm. for discovering artists. Um, Cause you think back, Justin Bieber was discovered by YouTube that, you know, the, what was it? Usher found him singing one of his songs or something on there. Yeah. And that's how he was discovered. You know, so, so many bands, so many people (laughs) try to do it. And now it seems like, again, because it evolves and it changes, you went from YouTube was the biggest way to be discovered. That's how Bo Burnham was discovered. He, you know, he did all of his videos on YouTube first. Mm -hmm. Then you had the SoundCloud. SoundCloud rappers was the biggest thing that came out of SoundCloud. Like so many different bands use that in that band camp upload thing um so you have those and now it's evolving into tiktok tiktok is the one way that you can find the most new bands the most music everything out there can we start looking weird can, thing. can like can like we start investigating usher because if he's just going on youtube thinking i can milk this kid we got a problem well you gotta think about that that was well when was that 2007 that he started <laughs> in the music i don't even know 2007, 2009 um, is when he was discovered. So at that time, the internet was still new-ish. 
you know, that was the time where we were moving out of the dial-up era. I think, what was that, like, 240p was, like, the standard? Probably. Maybe, like, 140, something like that. Like Well, because YouTube started in 2005, from it's it's breakout really happened in 2007 is whenever it really started to pick up because that's because by 2009 is when all of the music videos started being uploaded um the one thing i talked to uh, a lot of people about was uh music videos stating that they were they were released in 2009 and i'm like this song's older than 2009 why does it say 2009 and somebody had said 2009 is when all the record labels decided to upload all the music videos to YouTube. Uh, oh, wow. So if you see, you can't The great find, exodus of music. You can't find anything before 2009. As You might find a handful of, like, a few artists who decided beforehand to start uploading their own stuff before 2009. But if you look at, at music videos, a lot of old ones, especially before 2009, you'll see that they say uploaded 2009 and that's why it's because that's whenever it it really hit because before that it was all about mtv getting your music video on mtv you look up um here let me pull up see like like in my personal opinion i feel like the internet's been really good for like businesses it's been really good for like connecting people in a way but like i don't know okay do you think it's a good thing though in in its entirety I, i mean yes and no there are problems with with the internet that are being discovered now and there's um there's uh, i feel like the pros vastly outweigh the cons that's the that's the biggest thing i said i never i never believed in youtube i never thought that it would be this big of a thing and i never and so many people who complain about their money stream being like crap because of advertisers not really using youtube that much anymore um i always used to complain i'm like the, you shouldn't have made a career out of youtube like youtube is probably going to collapse at some point it's got to but i feel like the more and more that people use it it's not going away anytime soon it's i mean it may suffer and it may get to a point where they're no longer paying out as much as they used to but it's still the best way to get the biggest audience facebook youtube Instagram, TikTok now, like all of those are the biggest ways to get yourself out there to get Mm -hmm. exposure. And what that helps do is give you brand recognition and helps get like people to see that they want to get their product in front of your audience. And that's why advertisers mostly, and it's you more so see private advertise like people picking up their own private advertisements not using youtube ads in their videos like there's so many videos now that you click on it and it doesn't start with an ad and it's because you know the ads are the ad pool is much smaller than it used to be mm-hmm. um yeah it's always like raid shadow legends or but now but most people are you know just signing up for, um just doing it in different ways so i wanted to look for I can't click on this because if it start once it starts playing, I we can't listen to it. Um, but uh, like I was going, uh, okay. In the description here for getting away with murder, that album from Papa Roach came out in two thousand five. Well, this says copyright two thousand four, but it says eleven years ago, which would have been two thousand ten, because that's when it was uploaded to YouTube. Yeah, um, and there were the. There was one post. It was actually Papa Roach who who shared it. They were they shared like on this day years ago. His music video came out, and I said, but it was it said that it was released in like two thousand nine, and I said no, you guys. I'm thinking you guys especially would know that it wasn't released in that year because the song was released before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't make sense to me. That was just weird that they that they left that in there because I think they pulled the info like from their from like the music video itself and said that the, like they just took the description of it and used it as the throwback. Like all they did was put throwback Thursday hashtag in front of it and then use the description from the music video. And it's like 
the description that if you pull that from YouTube states that it was released at a later time than it actually was. Mm. So that's why it's, it was just weird. Unless they refer, um, I mean, unless you can say it was referred to released on YouTube on this point. Well, cause even, um, it says Papa Roach last resort 11 years ago is when it was uploaded to Papa Roach's channel. Now that would be 2010, but that song was released in 2000. That's what got them their start. That's, you know, they're, well, that's they're saying, maybe that's why they're, they're referring to just it being released on YouTube. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, again, I would I would want to put on there. I mean, I've seen bands that for, that release music videos in the 80s that that I'm like, make sure you guys clarify like this song's old. <laughs> it's older than me. It's a lot older than me. Kids are going to so, be like, what? Well, it wasn't it wasn't in 2009. That's weird. Well, it's because it, it's like, um, so, you know, when other artists use metal artists or rock artists, these kids have no clue who the hell these old farts are. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, this is, they're helping them get their recognition. It's like, you have no clue. This is a fossil that existed before your time and it has been highly successful. They're helping this young th- the dinosaurs were from Jurassic Park, not from, not, not, they didn't exist. They're just from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. They have no, they that's never where they came from. That's where that. we got the idea for dinosaurs. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has ever existed prior to this point. I'm sure there's some kid or there's some person that's never been to a museum or ever heard of a fossil. That's like, that's yeah. how they think. Yeah. It's like, but what the hell? Cause like when Post Malone used Ozzy Osbourne, it's like, oh my God, it's like, no, he's he's been there. He was the father of metal. Of course, he's freaking like old as hell. And you're thinking that this is a new thing. No, the biggest one was um, who was it? Justin Bieber. Who the hell used Paul McCartney? I forget who the hell used Paul McCartney. But that was the biggest thing. Like the internet blew up. It's like, oh my god, I never heard of this guy before. How the hell do you not know who the hell this guy is? <laughs> Paul fucking McCartney. <laughs> I've heard this is the one person who who's like behind a band that has created so much music from theirs. Okay. There's, they laid like a huge brick in the foundation of music with that, of who that guy is. And you have no fucking clue who he is until this point. It's like, why, why is that a thing? Oh my god, and that, it, but it's it's popular trendy things that they just disappear real quick. You have no clue. I bet, I you, bet know, no, you know what I it bet is. There's a lot of people who had no clue who the hell Mick Jagger was until Maroon Five sang oh, about them. Definitely not. Definitely not. And it's the sad, the sad truth of it. You know what it is. It's 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 a lot of. I don't mean to like, like make it on the like a parents thing, but it's definitely a lot of parents not spending time with their kids. It's the yeah. It's parents not exposing them to this stuff. It's like yeah. Let let your kids hear this stuff. They may actually like it, especially now that it's coming out that a lot of them do like this stuff. It's like like a lot of older oh, stuff wow, I that knew. I know about is just because my mom and my dad and they had a giant record collection, and they talked about it a lot. So it's like, but, but a lot up, but a lot of parents just want to like sh- shove something in front of their kids and like they're they're good. I grew up listening on in my dad's Chevy Silverado, yeah, on a cassette tape okay showing where my childhood was yes cassette tapes existed when i was a child uh listening to oh, on repeat over and over and over again the blues brothers and that's like they, that came out in the 80s yeah, so really. i but, mean but to be fair at the time that we're talking about it was only about 10 years old yeah which was the 90s yeah <laughs> at the t- yeah at the time it was still big i mean that was only 10 but it was 10 years later I'm still listening to it, loving it. I, you know, it was one of the greatest cassettes that I ever listened to. I love listening to that thing over and over and over again. Forty years later, <laughs> I still. You know what? I recently no, did listen to a lot of this stuff from the from the Blues Brothers. When you're saying it's out in the '80s, yeah, yeah. Now we're forty years later, and I still Ooh. listen to that to those tracks. Those are awesome tracks. Is they it sad? Did a fantastic job. Is it sad? I'm excited for like. The night for like the 2030s, whenever like all the good horror movies are gonna have their 50 year anniversaries. Oh, so then we my get all god, the I didn't shit. even think about that. We get all the good shit in 10 years. Ten oh years. my god, well, yeah, but that's just them re releasing it. They need I don't to give remake two. Stuff. 
I craps. just if I, I just, if I get if I get a reason to watch all the old slasher movies again on a fifty year anniversary, maybe they'll have a fifty year bundle where it's like everything. That's honestly one good good spot to bring metal back into this into this off track conversation. Um, horror movies are big using heavy metal music. Like Freddy versus Jason is filled with metal and rock music. And that's just, I feel like that's where it definitely belongs the most. It was disappointing that um, Ice Nine Kills tried to get their track. Uh, it is the end, which is about it. They tried to get it into the second it film before it released. Aww. And they never got an answer. They Do never you- got anybody to respond to them, which is sad, so disappointing. It's like you had the opportunity to use that track. Do you know who's at Steel City Con right now? No. Robert England, uh, the dude who played Jason in Freddy vs. Jason, and the main actress from that movie, too, all are all there right now. Oh, my God. Damn it. I am so disappointed in myself. I'm not going But there. I, I, I recently, because they were just uploaded to HBO Max, I recently rewatched um, Freddy vs. Jason. Mm. And I, because Friday the 13th just happened, I watched, I, just watched that one. I watched Friday the 13th and My Bloody Valentine. And I want them to remake slasher films, but they need to do, I don't know what they need to do to make them better than what they used to be. Um, Andrew Muschietti apparently figured it out when he redid it. Listen, listen. Cause that came out of nowhere. Everybody, I, I feel like a lot of people went into that first it film, not, in, not expecting it to do anywhere near as good as any other slasher film in yeah. history. And it blew away everyone's expectations. Because what did that end up doing? Go ahead with your thought. So, all right. One, one in my opinion, the first thing with the It film is because, like, it, it introduced, like, kids. Because it was, it was one of those movies that, like, it was just kids. Like, all the, all the actors were kids. It's a really hard thing to do. But at the same time, because it's only kids in the first one... It scared the it scared the living crap. Like it made it made the sense of horror more believable because like, what are these kids gonna do? Yeah, like all their parents don't care. So you knew it was done right when Stephen King approved it, because that is he has gone on record stating he does not like any of the film adaptations of his of his books. Every single one to date had sucked. He hated every single one, especially The Shining. He hated that one the most. And out of, you know, all these cult classics that have been created, he's not liked any film adaptations. And he approved it one and two and was even in it too. I I have a thought about that. Why would it matter if he approved it or not? Because the ones he made also sucked. Well, yeah. Including including The Shining, he tried to remake, even though everyone loves the Stanley Kubrick one way more. Oh yeah, everybody yeah he's but again he went on record he's he didn't like any film adaptations so yeah he it probably didn't turn out the way that he wanted to mm-hmm. and if you I, I I can imagine not everybody can do the multiple shtick thing you know where you you can do other things like the the big the triple threat in hollywood is if you're a an actor director and singer i think i think if you can do all three of those you're actually a threat in the because you're you you can pretty much do it all mm-hmm. at that point and that's one of the things you know you can be a writer you can, he's a hell of a writer everybody loves his books he, he sells millions and millions of copies of his books but that doesn't mean that you're a good director for yeah. a movie. You know, you, your vision might not come out the way that you want to. But Andrew Muschietti did it with this with this remake of it. And I pulled it up. It made $701 million at the box office. There's not a single slasher film to date that has made that. Actually, wait, let me see what Halloween did. Because it... No, actually, Halloween... That remake in 2018 only did... What did it say? Only did two hundred fifty five million. So there, yeah, no, there isn't any slasher films that have come close to breaking half a million throughout history, and it did it. So it, honestly, when I saw when that came out, when I first went and saw that in theaters in twenty seventeen, I left there and I said, "This finally gives the genre." new life and hopefully people can work with it and go forward in a great direction. And 
Halloween came out and everybody loved it because it it was callbacks. Mm. But and everyone's looking forward to the next two. They're so excited that there's two more that are going to be coming out. I don't think they're going to do as great and they're still not going to meet the level that it did. But it's still in a much better direction than it than it was before. So, so, so whenever you mentioned the, the remake of the Friday 13th that's on HBO Max right now, um, I had actually just watched that, like rewatched it last night. And whenever I did, I, I had thought, I was like, wow, you know, this, like whenever I watched it, I was like thinking, this is a great, this is a great interpretation of it. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, I feel like if like, cause that movie, I don't think it like everyone, a lot of people like really liked it, but it, in my idea, I was like, if you just took out some of those dumb little horror movie tropes that we used to have. I feel like that movie would have been a lot because the kills, like the first opening scene, that was amazing. If you, I, I felt like it would have done a little bit better if it wasn't two different groups that that you had. Like if it would have been one group that you had had a storyline with. As a, I mean, I get that the first group helped the story plot because mm. the girl gets captured and the brother's looking for yeah, her. I know. I like that. I was totally fine with that. It, it was the fact of like, okay, so here's the pothead. Here's the here's the fact that everyone's everyone's horny, and here's the two people that are like, are like kind of serious. It's like, and then it even followed into the second group of like, oh, here's the potheads. Here's the people just trying to fuck. Here's the two people that are serious. Okay, cool. I'm glad we got into that. And they made like the main guy such a such a, a d bag. Uh, such a d bag. You're yeah. like, man, I get you. I'm supposed to hate this um, guy. But he didn't get, like, the goodest death. Like, he didn't get the worst death. Like, just the guy that wanted to, like, have sex with his girlfriend got, like, the worst death because he had to watch her, like, go. I'm like, that's mad. Like, that opening murders fest in the beginning was the best. And if you had just gotten rid of, like, that there's tropes and then completely rewrote in their lines to actually have more interesting crap. I feel like it, it th- they played that up like would scream pointed out as the things not to do in a horror film. Mm-hmm. The guy who has the list of things that you shouldn't do in a horror film, they all they did that for the remake of Friday the 13th. But I I mean yeah, I just recently like I said, I re- I watched it as well and I loved it. I loved everything that they did to it because they 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 brought his origin to a different level, mm-hmm. you know, how he finds the hockey mask. Um, I liked, I liked how they did that. Um, in the, the only thing that I wish that they could do. And if they remake it, I want that. I would love to see them do it this way is remake the first one in the way that it was, which was Jason wasn't the f- killer in the first one. That was yeah. the big shock it was, twister. It was, the it was his mother. It was his mother who killed everybody. And that's why everyone like really liked that one because right. like, it, it got you. No one ever gets surprised about it ever again because I was Jason. It's funny because um I was I was reading up on it and even the director of the like the first two when he created the character back in the eighties, he said he literally took everything from Halloween and Michael Myers. That was all he was doing was just, it was the same thing. It was just a different, you know, direction. That was it. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people like that. Right. A lot of people like that. I I liked what um, Spencer Charnas of Ice Nine Kills said about his favorite. The one that he was most terrified of as a child was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because it was this, this idea of you're not safe whether you're awake or you're asleep. That was the thing. Freddy came to you in your nightmares, so you could not sleep, and that would torture you. You think about, you know, you you can't stay up for hours on end, or you start to go insane. It's, that actually be an interesting way to take it is, um, you know, the kids have to stay awake, and as they go through that, they start to go insane, you know, looking at it in that kind of aspect. You got that a little bit in, like, the... A very very drop of it in like the remake of that of the Nightmare on Street movie, but no one liked no one liked Freddy without Robert England, and it's such I a know. sad thing. Like you really can't. That's and that's the issue that they're going to run into with some of these films. I know we're going off in a way different direction than we should. I know. Be. Oh, okay. To, to <laughs> but again, back. it's but again with metal. Metal is the the number one genre for uh, horror films, so we can keep going on this. Oh, especially because um, Corey Taylor was used for um, Fear Clinic. That horror film. And that was because that also had Robert England in it. And that was disappointing. That film, I, I liked it 
it was okay, but it was literally like a very different, weird, modern interpretation of Nightmare on Elm Street because it was like their heads, it was, you know, psychologically they were messed up and there was some fear toxin thing that came out of their, these comas that they were put into while they're listen while they're going through a therapy session with Robert Englund as the main, as the doctor. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, this is kind of like Friday. This is like a Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's... You can't get away from it. It's really (laughs) stupid. It was like a really stupid version of it. I'm like, yeah, Corey Taylor did a good job in it, but I was like, no, I don't like this at all. This was just... I'm I'm thinking, would it just been better to see Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger in in that movie? Like, uh, Like some way portraying Freddy as like a What if like the entire time they were just in a dream and he was just Freddy... Well, that's like, like that's like what it was. Like they had a dream, and they they had these fucked up dreams, and they needed the doctor to like help them with therapy or so. I don't even know what the hell that. Yeah, no, like they're already like they're like they're already like asleep, and this entire time he's just fucking with them. Yeah, I don't. It's just it was weird. I I didn't like it. The other thing that um, recently came out was a horror film. Um, or I don't know if it has come out yet. I saw like so many tracks come from it. It was the retaliators. It, it's this film that came out that uses all metal tracks. Everything about it is metal because the soundtrack for it, it's still upcoming. Okay. So they haven't really released it. That's where, um, the who featuring Jacoby Shaddix doing wolf totem. Oh, ooh. that's for that. Um, yeah, it's an upcoming American thriller horror film released by Better News, Better Noise Films. So this is actually by a record label that's doing this. Um, but they're using tracks from like all these different bands. Um, the film also features appearances by musicians Tommy Lee, Jacoby Shaddix, Zoltan Bathory, and The Who. Um, so they actually appear in it. Uh, Tommy Lee features in the trailer as stripped club DJ. Also starring in the film are Five Finger Death Punch members Ivan Moody, Zoltan Bathory, and Chris Kell, alongside members of Escape the Fate, Ice Nine Kills, and more. So yeah, this is this was literally circled, uh, uh, focused all around metal with this this horror film there's nothing really a synopsis an upstanding pastor uncovers a dark and twisted underworld as he searches for answers surrounding his daughter's brutal murder murder and like some of the artists that that gives here um so all good things uh their their track for for the glory which is good featuring johnny three tears and charlie scene of hollywood undead bad wolves learn to walk again Corey marks is blaming on the devil that's with tyler Connolly and uh, Jason Hook, so Tyler Connolly is um, singer of Theory of a Dead Man and Jason Hook. So that's why that was remade. Um, Escape the Fates song Invincible, which fe- which features uh, Lindsey Sterling. Ava Under Fire, I love this track. This track is awesome as their song Blow, um, which features Spencer Charnas of Ice Nine Kills. Five Finger Death Punches, Darkness Settles In. Um, From Ashes to New, Scars and I'm Hiding, which fe- features Anders Frieden. I don't know how to pronounce his last name from in flames, the who, uh, their song wolf totem featuring Jacoby Shaddix and then Papa Roach is the ending. I'm surprised they didn't use, um, Oh, that's it. It is a remade version. Apparently it's like a more hard rock version of it from compared to the, uh, track that's on their album, but they also did a track with, um, what's his name? Danny Warshnop of, Asking Alexandria, they remade, um, oh, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what the name of that song is. Can, uh, can I tell you, can I tell you something about, like, the future of what I'd like to see with, like, metal in the movies? Go ahead. I would not like to see metal, I would like to see metal, like, scarcely used, but not ever to set a tone. Like, do you remember, like, like, we were talking about... Freddy versus Jason or like or like another example like being in like House of Wax or something where they have like metal rock all that like in like the beginning throughout the movie and in like the ending credits yeah I don't like that and I and it's not because I don't like I don't I don't like the metal songs it's just because like 
I don't think it's good to set the tone. Like, like in some of the parts where like maybe like the slashers are going nuts. Yeah, but I I don't think it should be in like something that's supposed to make you scared. Well, yeah, because um, it just sets a tone of like, all right, I'm pumped, I'm going well, yeah. or something. But like it it you don't want to be like pumped. You want to be like put into like a position that like you're com- like like you're uncomfortable. Like this is making you like not want to be here. I, I figured out which it was just as broken as me with Daniel Warsnop is what they did, um, which I'm surprised they didn't use for the retaliators. But with your point, metal and that's that goes back to what we talked about, how metal isn't shouldn't be viewed as the aggressive genre. Um, you know, we wanted to get away from that, that nomenclature of this is the most aggressive genre that there is. And that uh, all, you know, it's a scary genre that you should fear. And yeah, using it only for horror films does not help that at all. No, you know. it doesn't. And it doesn't even help the horror film. Like, I can think of, like, the only reason those horror films were good was just because the art direction, the actual, like, the actual gore that they had in it. Most of the time, not the actors. No offense. But it, it, they, were, they that's, weren't, that's they're not given good stuff. It's a horror film. What do you want? You're going to die. Yeah, that's, the, uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, oh, that's like uh, the, the show Vikings. Uh, I... I kept talking about um, everybody in that just dies. And my mom was like, so any new character, don't don't put any hope into them having much character development because they're just going to die. I'm like, pretty much. It's like they don't even most of them didn't last throughout the seasons. You know, the you had like 20 people that were the main cast and then hundreds of other um, guests stars in it. And all of them end up dying like they don't last. They last a few battles and that's it. So when you're in a horror film, odds are you're not going to be making it to the next one. That's true. No, I understand that. It just. But it's those good actors. I hate the predicting of it. Like, I know as soon as I see it, like, oh, I know. I know. Like, okay, this is the main character. He's probably going to make it through to the end of the movie. All depends. Is the ending going to let him live or not? You know? Well, and that's what, to me, that's what made Saw such a great franchise is um, Tobin Bell did a fantastic job as Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. As John Kramer. And, and, but he, honestly, he was what carried those fran- those films through the franchise. Him alone. Oh, yeah, because as soon as, like, because even though he was, like, dead, you'd even see in, like, the trailers, like, oh, even from my grave. Oh, they had, they had so many callbacks. They had so much of it that played on... Uh, flashbacks mm-hmm. after from the fourth film on because he dies in the third film. So from four through seven, everything is done by his apprentices. Mm. But you needed to see how he brought them in, how they became a big part of this and how they were carrying it on. And he had to be the one who taught them. So you had to show him being involved in all that. And that's why they had to keep bringing him in for all of this stuff. And that's why I, I don't acknowledge the eighth film as actually part of the franchise because they had set up all this stuff as to who actually is behind all of this. They finished it with the seventh film. The seventh film was fantastic. Loved that film. It was um, it was unbelievably shocking, you know, spoiler alert, that um, Dr. Gordon was the one helping the most because he had to do all the surgeries behind the scenes that set everything up. Yeah, uh, you know that was a huge shocker, and I loved that. And then the eighth film is like, oh, no, he's not. He wasn't the first one. He will, you know, it's like he was the first. The first film starts with him, and the franchise ended with him. But yeah. I would have liked to have seen if he was involved more going forward. Yeah, because but that's then what the made that, film, that film good is like whenever they show like, oh, he was actually the guy. Yeah, and then eight, and then the eighth film comes along, and they're like, oh no, that pretty much everything that you that you knew about that, throw that out the the window because this is actually the storyline. It's like no, that's complete. It sucked. I hated that. I I, I refuse to acknowledge the film. See, is see, part my of the thing with it is like, so the first three and then like the last movie are like, are like what I consider good, just for like that ending scene where they, where it shows you that. But six and six and seven ended fan, like unbelievably. It it kept, but it kept going with like 
it kept leading off with like that massive cliffhanger. Like, all right, well, I'm going to see you in the next movie. I'm going to see you in the next movie. And then like, I felt like the ending of that one, like finally gave an ending ending of like, okay, this guy who he's now carrying the torch. That's great. Yeah. Seven, seven is set up by the ending of the sixth. Like, and that, that the ending of six was so crucial for seven. So that's why I, like I give six, the, the, a great ending. Um, but I'd said the, the opening trap from five was great. And the, uh, main trap from was five, the one in the mall where they're like the saw. No, that was seven. Okay. Um, six, five had everybody trapped in, I, I like the concept of it because they were all, it was a group of people, like five people that were trapped and each stage, one person keeps dying off until they reach the end oh, yeah. and they realize that in order to open up the door, they have to sacrifice their arms and give blood. And it's when they go back and look through everything that the key thing that he said is ignore your instincts. The instinct was it's survival of the fittest and everybody needs to fight for themselves when the whole time the entire group could have moved on to each thing because they realized the the first in the first room, one key unlocked all their their neck harnesses in the second room. Each tube that they had to hide in from the from the explosives could hold more than one person, so mm-hmm. that was a screw up. By the time they got to the tub, and they killed the one woman to connect all five rods to uh, for, uh um to have an, a, a continuous electric current through one person, they realized oh if five people would have grabbed you know grabbed hold of one rod, you would have taken a mild shock. All five, all five people would have taken a mild shock and that would have opened up the door. And then by the end, you had five people that each would have donated blood that would have easily gone through it as opposed to two people having to do it themselves. Yeah, and and it was like, like, <laughs> yeah, and they completely screwed up. It's like, I like the concept, but it was just executed. I, I felt it was executed in a weird way as opposed to the sixth film, which opens up and there's two fighting against each other of who, who can give the most skin. I'm like, eh, that's, that yeah. was a weird one. I didn't like yeah, that Yeah, that one, was really weird because the guy was like, cutting off shit. But the whole story for six with, um, you know, the guy being the head of an insurance company that screwed John, that led to his death. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's great development right there. You know, that was a shocker. It, it was, it was because this company didn't want to provide for him that he tried to kill himself. And that's how all of this got started. It's like this insurance company is the one who screwed him. And it just gave a great plot twist. And the film went just that whole trap that he was in Mm -hmm. was so much better. Like each stage trying to help people survive was so much better than five, in my opinion. And then four, four was was just... Four was the big cliffhanger. That was all it was. It was just a, it was a big setup to show that, um, the detective, the one detective was actually an apprentice for, um, Jigsaw, but it, but his backstory wasn't really, it wasn't revealed as to how he got to that until five. Like they looked at that backstory in five. See the, see the, the, the only, the only thing that bothers me in the whole of all those movies is like John did so much better behind the scenes than, oh, than, than ever seeing him because because of the fact like okay so so like seeing him like have like that actor seeing him like you know like with the cancer everything it, it looked like it but then as soon as you see him in like the flashbacks with like like the wife and like the giving birth and like and the fact that it got ruined for him I'm like he still looks like he just has cancer at that point I'm like I don't yeah. believe this guy was healthy or happy at any point and, in uh, life well and I I've I've always said Saw, because every time I say that Saw is my favorite franchise, everyone's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like all that guts and gore. And I'm like, watch it for you got to watch it for the for the plot, the storyline. I said, that's what made it great. Don't watch it for the guts and gore. The guts and gore sucked. Honestly, most of the traps weren't that great. Um, but why it was being done, the whole story behind it all, John's whole history. That's what made it a fantastic franchise. If you if you watch for other than the guts and gore, 
watch pretty much watch all the flashbacks the in-between scenes anything that's not involving the traps you'll you'll i think the traps think in the great. first two movies were, were good i think i think that those were their most original they were, they were those good. were the 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 first two films the traps were were great like the, the bar third wire film, room. the third film took it to an unbelievable height of gore like three was just absolutely disgusting that is the I, I will say that that is the nastiest film I've ever seen. Was that the one where the dude got bent? Like he was. Yeah, on, he's he's on the rack and he gets ooh. twisted around. Yeah, that's that and the uh, the judge being um, tied to being handcuffed to the bottom of a of a a giant vat that's being filled up with pig guts. Yeah. That those two alone was like, oh god! It's like you want to vomit watching that. Oh, that movie. one, that one, I definitely on that one. Yeah, that that film was just oh, was ridiculously yeah. But I, I'm coming in with music, the score, um, that 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 iconic music. I, I've nothing else is better than that, in my opinion. That that theme song for Jigsaw that they came up with was on a completely different level than Jason's than Michael's than Freddy's all of them there that, that to me was an unbelievable theme song that they came up with just for that. And I give it to him. I also do like when, um, I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of like the Halloween Michaels better. I do like, um, when, these these horror films do also come up with their own music that could be like there's um for Final Destination the fourth one that was like Final Destination the movie because for some reason in the early tw- 2010s the or what was it 2009 that, that I don't remember but it was like Fast and Furious the movie came out and then Fast and then uh, Final Destination, the movie. It was like the fourth in installment of these films were taking the first name but changing it in some way. It was the weirdest thing ever. But anyways, um, Final Destination has uh, a track that I love to hear. And it's like a good metal song. It's not... Um, it's got no vocals in it. But it's just very upbeat, fast-paced, and it really sets the tone very well for. And it's played at the end of the film, uh, for the closing credits. Actually, it's played in the opening too, uh, when they play. So when they open up the film, uh, which I love, they use um, Shinedown's "Devour." That was yeah. a great. That was a great opening. But then they go through the opening credits and they're playing a lot of the highlight kills from the first three films. Mm. I thought that was great. But the track that they're playing with that, that was composed for the film, it was actually a score. It it was so good and fast paced. I love it. It really sets up the tone for the film. Did you ever listen to uh, Will Smith's rap about Nightmare on Elm Street? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, and see, that's why that's why I, I can't like other genres I, I feel like would be weird in horror films like as much as we don't want metal to represent horror and gore because we want it to be other stuff as well like that's the only genre that's the only music fit for horror films like that's the problem but I mean with you want the something few- like you want something that's like supposed to be like out there you want something that's supposed to like be able to fit this gory, disturbed theme, and you can't really find... You can't find anything other than metal. Metal's the only way that can truly describe it. But, again, with where metal's heading, and it's expanding and branching out in further things, it's still... It's being brought into new light. Like, Greta Van Fleet sounds like Led Zeppelin, but they do it in a way that's kind of like 70s psychedelic theme, so it's actually, like, a little more vibrant and better feeling than like Slipknot yeah. if you compared it. So yeah, like, you know, Slipknot is the, is the prime, you know, theme for gore them and Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is the horror king. You know, he is the, the face of horror. Did you see he's remaking the monsters? Yes. I'm super excited a lot for of that. that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that's, I, that's where you want bands like that to take it even further. Um, and, and I do like some of these bands that sound like older bands. They're actually coming out. Um, Dirty Honey 
sounds like um, Steven Tyler. The singer sounds like Steven Tyler. So it's like a, it's like a modern day Aerosmith, which is Ooh. disappointing that they're not gaining as much traction as Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet sounds like Led Zeppelin. There's there's there was a video from React, the uh, FBE guys, who um, played it for like older people, the older generations. And the one older guy's like, you cannot tell the difference between Robert Plant and I forget what the singer's name or Greta Van Fleet is, but you can't tell the difference between them. It sounds so much alike. It's literally like if Led Zeppelin played today, this is what they would sound like. If they were making music today, this is probably what they would sound like. Do you think he practiced just his stuff a lot? Maybe. Well, I I think it even um, it it pissed off a lot of fans and got a lot of controversy that he said that Robert Plant wasn't his influence mm. for his music. Like it's just, he sounds like Robert Plant. That's the thing. His style wasn't around Led Zeppelin or that the band wasn't trying to go for that. It's just what makes them popular is that he literally sounds like Robert Plant <laughs> singing. That's it. So like it pissed off a lot of fans that were, they're like, wait a minute, like, this is the whole thing. Like, you guys sound like Led Zeppelin, and that's not your influence? That's not how you came to be? It's like, no, he was just singing. He just happens to sound like Robert Plant. That was the difference. That was literally what he was trying to get across. It's like, no, I'm just singing. I just happen to sound like another singer. That's it. Yeah. That's, so, that's sad a little bit. It is. It is honestly sad. Um, it's like, I'm sorry what I sound like. <laughs> right, right. But it's like, you don't want to condemn him for that. But again, they, they sell out all their shows because this is like what people, it's almost like the older generation had been waiting for this to happen. The reincarnation like, yeah, of his like voice. Yeah, for like a reincarnation of like, not just his voice, so many different artists. Um, <laughs> There's so many voices lined up we need reincarnated. And that's why like I'm saying like, um, uh, we need the nostalgia to there's um there's a girl that sounds like um Ronnie James Dio that a lot of people have, have said like she sounds she can sing almost on key with um some of the Dio's tracks. Oh god. Like she I think she does Holy Diver and it's spot on. I bet that doesn't hurt her as much. No. Nah. But uh, you know it's uh, it, you th- Again, I don't want to condemn these artists. I, you want to encourage them to do this music. If they sound like other bands, that's good. That's a good way to carry on this this tradition so that these other bands can finally retire. Because quite frankly, oh, yeah, they really. need to. For the love of God, ACDC, I love you guys, but I don't want to literally watch you drop on stage. Like That's, that's what, what they want to do. That's what they want. I swear that's what they want to do. I keep saying, I'm like, they're not going to be happy until they literally die on stage. Until they freaking have a heart attack and are dead on stage. That's it. That's what's going to end up. And then Iron Maiden just put out a new track. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good. It oh, is good. Um, it's um, I feel it's a little better than Book of Souls. But, think? but uh, that first track, um, Speed of Light. Oh, God, I love listening oh, to that. Oh, yeah, that, that, that was really that good. That sounded like a classic Iron Maiden song. And that's what, and then they, when they made the music video, they used all of their previous albums to like, in a video game format. Where he goes through like the temple and everything. That was so good. It was such a good, it was a good track. It was a good music video. Everything about that was great. Um, And then uh, it was also, it was also amazing that they did, um, they did a tribute to Robin Williams. Oh, Um, wow. The song Tears of a Clown is is actually about him and that's when you knowing that when you hear that track it actually gives it a lot more depth and it makes it a lot sadder when you hear that that track i don't i don't want to cry whenever i get home yeah yeah it's it's definitely worth it it's uh it was a great uh, that's a great song um and yeah I, this this new theme for this one did you see what the new theme is for what uh, the the upcoming uh, Iron Maiden album because no no what is the thing because notice how uh, Eddie has different forms throughout yeah. the years he's you know he's taken on the form of the Sphinx he's taken on the form of well the last one was like a tribal um you know, like mummy form this one is going to be called Senjutsu oh 
going Japanese on this. Yep. Senjutsu is the new one, and yeah, the the cover he's it's Eddie looking like um a samurai, so it looks really cool. Yeah, here it is. Um, I'm looking at it now. Tears of a Clown, dedicated to late actor Robin Williams. Yep, that's what that song was for. Oh, they dedicated dedicated it to him. Um, which is that's it, it is sad and hard to believe. Yeah, here I'll show you this. Uh, that's what the cover looks like. Ooh, that's yeah. a dope Eddie cover. looking like yeah, it's it's awesome. That's a looking. really good cover. It is. It's really good. So I'm gonna be. I'm actually gonna be looking forward to this. The the first song, the first track. Um, it was good. Um, but it, to me, it wasn't. It wasn't that nostalgic feeling. Like a lot of a lot of the older bands are going for the nostalgia feeling. Um, like ACDC's, the the that power album, Power Up, that they just released. Yeah. The, excuse me, the uh, Shot in the Dark has tones of like classic ACDC. And they said that they were, they did this album for Malcolm. So uh-huh. like um, Back in Black was kind of a tribute to Bon Scott when that came out because they, he had died and they were, that was the newest album that they were doing with a new singer. This is um, since Malcolm had died. Uh, they decided to do this one. So it was very heavy with the guitars and very good. Um, I liked, uh, what was it? Demon Fire. That that has the sound of classic heavy metal when you listen to that track. That sounds like that sounds like you'd listen to it in a biker bar, that, that track alone. It's such a good song. I love those. So, yeah, it's been, metal's been going through great changes. Um Hopefully it gets better from there, um, but we'll have to see how it changes. You know, with again with Ghost Main being in the new kind of direction, Bone Crew taking these new kind of trap metal things, Baby Metal bringing a new kind of genre. Even though apparently they're supposed to disappear, which we're not going to. I want to see that. some new good. I want to see some new good stuff come out for horror movies, like some like some new metal that like like maybe even they just take a clip of it that sounds like really slow and creepy, and then it goes into something. You know, bigger. Well, that's what that's what made um, Ice Nine Kills' uh, Silver Scream album great. Was the I think the the highlight track of that is Stabbing in the Dark, which is about Halloween. They throw in there on the guitar what sounds like Michael's theme. So they did it. They did a good job with that track. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to see. Some bands coming into new light. Um, it's good to see old bands finding new fans. Like I said, Papa Roach has, has gotten a huge exposure because of TikTok. Um, all of them have created their own TikToks that they do. But it wasn't until Jarris Johnson did that remix that everybody was like, what the hell is this band, Papa Roach? I've never heard of them. And they and that, they, they gained an even bigger following than before. So as much as we'd like to complain about all of those, I mean, we could probably go on for hours and hours about it all these different things, but uh, I think we're going to end it here. Um, this was definitely a good topic to talk about. Uh, we've been needing one of these for a while. I've, the past few ones, we haven't really known what the hell to talk about, but this was, this was a good fun one. Um, so thanks guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one.